1: This is the conference operator. Welcome to the MailCore REIT second quarter 2021 results conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the call, please press star and zero. I would like to now turn the conference over to Mr. Darren Rayburn, President and CEO. Go ahead, please.
2: Thank you, Michelle. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. With me on today's call is Naomi Stafira, Chief Financial Officer for the MELCOR REIT. The story over the past 16 months has been the global COVID pandemic and how it would impact our business. While COVID-19 is by no means over, we are pleased to see the vaccination rates continuing to rise. This is our first conference call in over a year where businesses are functioning at full capacity. While we're optimistic going forward, during Q2 restrictions, they were still in place and we're in our third wave of COVID-19 virus. Today, optimism is abound. However, we remain cautious about the timing of our full recovery. We still have a ways to go yet. Optimism and positivity is a welcome change and a change I'm delighted to see after 16 months of uncertainty and fear. Speaking of positive things to focus on, to review the financial highlights for the quarter in the first half of the year, I now turn the meeting over to Naomi. Naomi? Thank you, Darren.
3: If you have not reviewed the materials related to this call, including the MD&A and the financial statements, they are available on the Investor Relations section of our website at melcorreate.ca and on cedar.com. Our goal is to keep our remarks to a brief high-level review of the quarter and then open up the call for your questions. I have a few mandatory statements to make and then I'll walk you through a few financial statement highlights. First, certain statements made during this call may be forward-looking. For a complete discussion of items that may cause actual results to differ, please refer to the Business Environment and Risk section of our annual MD&A. Second, we report our results in Canadian dollars and in accordance with IFRS. We supplement our financial reporting with non-standard measures, including FFO, AFFO, ACFO, and NOI. We believe these measures are important in evaluating our performance but caution listeners, they may, may not be comparable to similar measures presented by other companies. These non-standard measures are defined and reconciled in our MD&A. I will now walk everyone through some of the financial highlights of our results for the quarter ended June 30, 2021. Our portfolio performance remained stable through the first half of 2021 with flat rental revenue and growth of 2% in net operating income compared to the first six months of 2020. Year-to-date other revenue includes $1 million in early lease termination fees. This unusual other revenue was partially offset by lower recovery revenue and reduced straight-line rent. Net operating income was flat in the quarter and up 2% year-to-date on account of higher other revenue. First half FFO was up 3% and ACFO was up 10% compared to 2020. FFO and ACFO were significantly impacted by the increase in cash flow from operations and the reduced distribution paid in the current year-to-date period Our normal distribution was paid in pre-COVID Q1 2020 and subsequently reduced by 47% for Q2 of 2020. In January of 2021, we increased the distribution by 17% based on stable results for a net reduction of 19% compared to the first half of 2020. Distributions made during the quarter represent a payout ratio of approximately 64% of ACFO in the quarter and 59% year-to-date compared to 57 and 80 in the comparable periods last year. The fluctuation in the payout ratio is most significantly impacted by the distribution paid. Subsequent to quarter end, we are pleased to announce a 14% increase in our distributions for August and September 2021. The REITs portfolio evaluation remains stable in the first half of 2021, following a full revaluation of our portfolio by our external valuation professionals in the second quarter of 2020. Three has collected 98% of second quarter rent and 100% of first quarter rent, excluding amounts owing and receivables related to year-end reconciliations. We have also collected 94% of July rent, with collections being impacted by transition to a third party, a new third party manager in our Calgary area properties. As of June 30th, We had $4.65 million in cash and $31.5 million in additional capacity under our revolving credit facility. We reactivated our NCIB following the lifting of our year-end blackout period, and we renewed our NCIB for another year effective April 1, 2021. We have purchased 85,683 units at a cost of $530,000 year-to-date. We completed $44.53 million in refinancings year-to-date for net $10.55 million in proceeds at a weighted average rate of 2.77 percent we extended our 35 million dollar revolving credit facility to june 1st 2024 with our existing lender syndicate the facility includes an accordion feature which provides up to 15 million dollars in additional borrowing capacity subject to lender approval i will now call the turn the call back over to darren who will speak to our portfolio's operations and performance
2: thank you naomi and thanks also to your finance your administration team and also to our property management, our operations, our leasing, human resources, our IT, and our marketing communications team. It's a team effort that got the Melk we through the pandemic so far, and it's a team effort that will keep us moving forward. Walking around our assets and the communities we support, it is clear that people are feeling optimistic about the future. They return to work, they t- return to restaurants and patios, and the energy feels generally positive. I even had trouble finding a parking spot in downtown Edmonton last week. This is encouraging to see we trust that the recovery is stronger than the setback that COVID-19 caused. Throughout the COVID period, the reach results have remained stable, in part as a result of our quick action and work with tenants, as well as the purposeful diversity in our tenant base. Our neighbourhood shopping centres are comprised of many of the essential services that people rely on daily, including pharmacies, grocers, banks, gas stations, fast food drive In Alberta, where the majority of our portfolio for- is for- 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 located, we are entering phase three as of July 1st. We're excited to see restaurants and other retail establishments back at full capacity and are hopeful that continued vaccination rollout will prevent further restrictions however the long-term impact of our work from home mandate and our office portfolio remains uncertain we will not fully understand the impact on retail tenants until the current canada emergency rent subsidy program expires in september we are pleased to report second quarter rent collections of 98 percent across office retail residential and industrial asset classes in light of the continued impact of the pandemic As I mentioned earlier, the long-term impact on our retail, industrial and office leases remain to be seen. However, our return to work plans are underway, with many businesses starting in September to welcome back their full staff to the office. Meanwhile the pandemic hasn't muted our focus on sustainability for our portfolio and reduced greenhouse gas emissions. We continue to actively seek out programs to benchmark our energy use and actions to support the continued intentional reduction of our carbon footprint. During the quarter we joined the Edmonton Corporate Climate Leaders Program. We're proud to show that sustainability and good business goes hand in hand. Through our work with Green Economy Canada and the City of Edmonton Corporate Climate Leaders Program, we've committed to measure our greenhouse gas emission footprint to develop an action plan and set reduction targets for 2025 and 2035. We are currently developing our greenhouse gas inventory with a target completion date of December 2021. Along with over 300 green economy leaders across Canada, we're demonstrating that a more sustainable economy is possible. Our commitment remains to update unit holders on our ongoing environmental, social responsibility, and governance initiative throughout 2021. On a leasing front, lease renewals continued in 2021 and we completed just over 107,000 square feet of lease extensions for a healthy retention rate of 77.1% at the half year mark. In addition, new leasing has been active across the portfolio with just over 53,000 square feet in new deals commencing to date in 2021, and an additional 55,000 square feet committed for the near future. Occupancy is slightly down at 87.4%, but has held relatively stable throughout these challenging markets. We truly believe that the relationships we build with our customers are a key differentiator for the REIT and help us to retain our tenants long-term. To further the strategy, we launched our Mail Care app on July 1st to modernize our customer care program. We continue to focus on the fundamentals of real estate and to work with our clients and all stakeholders to recover and to grow our business. With a diversified portfolio, a proven management team, and a history of adapting through challenging times, we remain well positioned to manage through this period of uncertainty. As Naomi mentioned, we have cash available and availability of undrawn liquidity on our operating line. The distribution reduction last year is difficult but necessary. The increase just announced by nami the second increase this year, is another positive step forward. Maybe, just maybe, it's finally safe to say the economic recovery is underway and optimism is now guiding our path forward. At this time, we'd like to open the phone lines to take your questions. Michelle, please open the line.
1: Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. We will pause for a moment as the callers join the queue. Our first question comes from Kyle Stanley of Desjardins. Please go ahead.
4: Thanks, and good morning.
2: Hey, good morning, Kyle.
4: So I just wanted to dig into your leasing activity uh, thus far in 2021 a little bit. Uh, it looks like you've been able to maintain or, or even slightly increase rate on renewal and holdover leasing activity, but it does look like new leasing rates are below uh, kind of weighted average in place. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the new leases you've signed and, you know, wh- what asset classes those were in uh, and, and maybe just the, the genesis of those deals and, and and the discussions with uh, the tenants.
2: Sure. You know, let's talk about uh, from an asset class perspective, Kyle, from a retail perspective, you know, retail remained resilient and, you know, notwithstanding the hospitality industry, a number of our other retailers had pretty good years through COVID. And so the retail renewals have held consistent and pretty steady and in some cases even with some increases. It's the office renewals and particularly in downtown Edmonton that we're seeing some decreases in sometimes 7 to 10 percent. Um, however, frankly, it's less than we thought. And so I know Avis and Young released a report the other day about they think the Edmonton and downtown, Edmonton and Calgary downtown office vacancy is going to reach 30 percent, which is the highest of all time. But really what we're finding in both those cities, you really have to split the general term about downtown into particular quadrants because there are certain quadrants, I can tell you in Edmonton, of downtown that are still doing well. So. Generally speaking, to answer your question, Kyle, retail's hanging in there, office, you know, we're seeing some reductions. Uh, And then industrial, we don't have a large industrial uh, footprint anyways, so it's staying pretty stable. But the general flavor going forward is there is activity, and when there's activity, it becomes a landlord's market, not a tenant's market. I'm not suggesting we're there yet, but we are really encouraged by the volumes that we're seeing and the volumes that we're also seeing in the market. Did that answer your question, Kyle? Kyle?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that uh, that's clear, uh, and I guess probably difficult. And you, you kind of touched on it a little bit uh, in your response there, but you know, do you given the current prospects that that you may have in your markets, um, do you have a targeted occupancy level in mind over the next twelve to eighteen months? You know, are you think you're able to to get back to kind of pre pre COVID levels and uh, approaching that ninety percent occupancy level?
2: Kyle, that sounds like a forward looking question. <laughs> Having said that, though, yeah, you know, if you look where we're at, you know, we're at 88 and then we're 87, so we've all, you know, sort of hung in there around the 90%. Even pre-COVID, you know, the Melcarrie historically has been around the 90% range. So, while we don't have a stated goal, you know, we're still focusing to fill the vacant space because the vacant space isn't helping us.
4: Okay, fair enough. Um, and then just looking at your distribution increase, uh, that obviously highlights management and the board's confidence in, in the current operating environment. Uh, Is the intention to return the distribution to the, you know, whatever, I think it was a 67.5 cent pre-pandemic level? And I guess if that is the intention, what would, you know, management and the board need to see to get there, or is there a targeted payout ratio in mind?
2: You know, based on our current business and the uncertainty on when COVID is going to end, we're very comfortable with the distribution increase. Beyond that, only the future will tell. Yeah, I mean... Okay. I guess just to add to that quickly, Kyle, like pre,
1: pre-COVID, um, our payout ratio is probably, um, you know, edging on the uncomfortable
3: level anyways. you know, and so I think in order to return to that pre-COVID distribution level, we'd have to see sort of improvements in our portfolio beyond where we were even pre-pandemic, if that makes sense, um, which doesn't mean that's not achievable and that's, you know, something we'll always strive for, um, but I think we'd have to see co- quite a bit uh, more improvement before we got back there.
4: Okay. Thanks very much. That's that's helpful. I'll turn it back. Thanks, Kyle.
1: Our next question comes from Matt Logan, RBC Secure. I'm sorry, RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
5: Thank you and good morning. Hi, Matt. Karen, just following up on Kyle's question with regards to the distribution. Can you talk about the board's decision to increase and maybe what the factors that give you confidence in the outlook um, to actually increase the distribution? Like, what, what were they and what was the rationale to, to move it higher?
2: Sure. You know, long discussions that have been consistently throughout COVID. This wasn't just a one-time thing for us. But first and foremost, we have to look at cash and we have to look at collections not receivables, but actual cash in the bank. So again, as Naomi mentioned, we're really encouraged by the high level of collections and that's important. What we are concerned about is with the newer program, government rental assistance, like we don't really know who's on rental assistance still. The good news is we're getting paid. And so, you know, that's I guess now looking to end in September, we really wanna wait and see sort of how that comes about. Beyond that too, we look at future financing. We look at you know, other potentials, what's the best use for our cash. So those conversations that we had, Matt, this quarter, last quarter, they've been the same conversations we typically always have. Um, But I can tell you throughout the pandemic, you know, once we cut the distribution, a lot more focus was on on collections, occupancy, and also how our tenants are doing. Um, So we spent a lot of time with our team walking around, you know, talking to our tenants, going to their stores, seeing if they're moving merchandise and the rest of it. So I don't think I really answered your question because I can't tell you too many secrets, but generally speaking, those are the uh, conversations we have.
3: Yeah, and maybe just to add to that quickly too, like in January when we did the distribution increase, it uh, it was sort of based on our budget for the year um, and sort of key metrics being budgeted occupancy, budgeted renewals, and the, the cash flow forecast. And then, you know, now in reviewing our budget and doing a reforecast mid-year, um, we were, you know, significantly ahead of where we thought we would be in terms of renewals and occupancy. So, you know, and now that we feel a little bit more comfortable that that um, you know beating budget is probably sustainable going forward hence sort of the second increase this year It's sort of wondering why we did it in two steps um, But at this point, I'm not you know not again confident that we would see another increase in the very short term You know we'd have to again see to Darren's point what happens with our occupancy or renewals are releasing uh, Sort of once all the government assistance is
5: done uh, That's great color. And maybe just uh, changing gears uh, in the m b a there was a reference to the retransitioning to a new third party property manager in Calgary. Could you talk a little bit about that change and uh, why that took place
2: sure yeah it, it was just you know we we have great relationships with some of our third property managers and we're a unique type of landlord because we're very hands on and just because of a bunch of internal and external reasons, we thought it was time to make a change, so we did and you know what happens tenants are used to rate and rent checks to a certain property manager and then when you change although you provide a notice you have to go back and remind them they have to recut their checks and do the rest of it so that that explains part of the lag but again generally speaking that was just a a normal internal type process and you know we're happy with the outcome
5: fair enough and maybe just um, thinking about the transaction market in alberta in part of quarters you talked about limited deal flow and wider than normal bid ass spreads. Has there been any uh, increase in activity with oil now north of seventy dollars, and leasing velocity picking up?
2: You know, Matt, how I'd answer that question. I think there's there's increased activity, but we're still not seeing trades. We're not seeing there's you know, a couple of one-off trades. We're not seeing significant trades. Um, what we did find was the great anticipation of people panic selling never really came forth, simply because interest rates were low and people wanted to wait to see how, how things went through. Um, so while we're seeing more activity, you know, now that people are flying again, we're seeing people downtown we haven't seen in a while who are looking at assets, but I can't report any real increased uh, transactional volume yet.
5: And maybe one last one for me, Darren. Um, if we roll up some of the, the commentary on occupancy and kind of the, the face rates for leasing, how should we think about same property and a growth over the next 12 to 18 months would this be stable slightly positive perhaps a bit of erosion any color you can provide be appreciated
2: yeah you know with the uncertainty about if there's a way forward coming it's hard to say let's assume there's not a, a way forward and things are moving forward i think that you know stable is something that we'd be positive about i think that there's going to be some potential erosion in rates now perhaps we can offset that in increased volume, which will all work out bottom line to keep it stable. But at this point, while we're always pushing for increases because that's what our goal is, I think realistically, Matt, um, I would answer that to say stable with some erosion within the next 12 to 18 months.
5: I appreciate the color, Darren. I'll turn the call back. Thank you.
2: Thanks for the questions, Matt.
1: Our next call question comes from Jenny Ma, BMO Securities. Go ahead, please.
6: Thanks, and good morning. Morning, Jan. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the differential between same for NOI growth between Southern Alberta and Northern Alberta. It, it seems to be, you know, a gap of five percent. I'm wondering if that's, you know, something specific to this quarter. You know, is it really is it attributed to asset mix or are there other macro factors that are differentiating performance between Northern and Southern Alberta to account for that?
2: Sure. You know, I think some of it attributes to scale, believe it or not. You know, you recall, we bought um, the Grand Prairie Retail Project on, in November prior to COVID, which is also included in the northern Alberta now as well. And so when you look at some of the growth, there's a bit more of a complete mix and a bigger pool of assets in northern Alberta. So there's a whole bunch of things that come into play. I would not say that there's a big market differential between northern Alberta and southern Alberta. I mean, right now, Alberta is Alberta. It is what it is. Everyone's in the same boat. Um, You know, we had some occupancy increase in sales in Alberta, which helped that as well. But generally speaking, I'd say, Jenny, it's a whole bunch of little things and not any sort of big, particular tenant or any big, particular trend that we're seeing.
6: Okay, great. And then I wanted to dig a little bit into, I guess, some of the more cautious messaging you have in terms of things like collections, um, you know, on retail tenants' posters, and then just your general outlook, because it seems quite uh, reserved, uh, especially when you compare it to maybe the commentary of some other REITs, which admittedly uh, have less ex- Alberta exposure. But I'm just wondering if this is a function of, you know, your outlook that's specific to Alberta or if you're just being, you know, really, really conservative in how you're guiding your investors.
2: Sure. No, thanks, Jenny. Um, the parent company of Mel Melkor Development, we're in our 98th year. You don't survive 98 years without being generally or overly conservative and part of the culture from of developments has been to under promise and over deliver and so i could say that the tone seems somewhat conservative and overly conservative but realistically i'm not sure if i don't watch the news this morning but in florida the hospitals are filling up and jenny we've we known each other a long time you know i'm an optimist by nature and so i'm hoping it doesn't fall back but you know Four times the charm so we went through this in phase three and phase two and phase one so I think our our cautious optimism which is such an overused term is because it feels better but we're still not quite sure and so all of that flowed through our tone and everything that we do
6: okay well I, I, I appreciate um that that under promising and, and over delivering and um <laughs> <laughs> that's it for me, but I'm just going to add that, um, uh, assuming everything goes somewhat back to normal, I expect to uh, be invited to a big party in a couple
2: of years from MELCOR. Yes, yeah, that's a fair comment. We're planning it already. We've got lots of time to plan it right now. So uh, thanks, <laughs> Thanks. All right.
1: Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then 1. Our next question comes from Samaya Syed, CIBC. Go ahead, please
7: thanks good morning Good morning um, Samaya. I just wanted to, uh, just wanted to uh, see how traffic at your centers is looking post uh, reopening uh, and in terms of what's exceeding your expectations and what's lagging if anything
2: mm-hmm yeah thanks for the question uh, Samaya. And, and that's when I think about our centers I mean one of the things that didn't slow down was the grocery anchored retail seemed pretty consistent drugstores the rest of it through COVID Um, you know, really it's hospitality that I think took the biggest hit service and hospitality and we're seeing it busy. But again, we just opened up July 1st and uh, your perspective changes because when it was empty for so long and now there's people there, you know, busy is, is very relative. Having said that, talking to our retailers, um, they're seeing that pent up demand we keep hearing about and people spending money. So I think that's important. Like, generally speaking, I wouldn't say there's anything that disappointed us or surprised us in a negative way. Um, Our tenants were hanging in there through good and through bad, and, you know, now that it's open, sort of keep pushing through. What I'm encouraged by was some of the pivoting that some of our tenants went through to sort of survive COVID, you know, additional takeout, different events, patios, you know, changing their product mix, providing delivery. I see that continuing. Like, I don't think that has stopped, and I don't see that stopping. So, you know, at the end of the day, any of our tenants – Uh, especially from a retail perspective who can increase their sales by doing different things is obviously going to help us
3: and just adding to that you know um with with most of you being located in ontario where the restrictions have been slower to sort of ease up to darren's point like july one reopening in alberta was like a light switch and everything's back to normal it's actually quite almost unnerving but you know the restaurants are completely full inside and outside. The patios are full every night. You walk down the street. Um, you know, last night I went to the Taste of Edmonton, which was like an outdoor food truck event. I would argue to say it was busier than any year I've been there prior, pre-pandemic. So I think Albertans, um, you know, we always talk about sort of being quite resilient. I'd say you know Alberta's decided Cove is over and everything's open, um, and everywhere is really busy. And so that you know should only bode well for all of our sort of retailers. Um, And even downtown's getting busy, like offices are filling back up. Our office is reopening September 1. A lot of other offices are reopening September 1. And so that should all trickle down to, you know, rent collection, (laughs) occupancy. Mm
7: -hmm. Right. That's pretty uh, encouraging. Uh, And then um, on the office side of things, uh, during you spoke about obviously rent taking um, somewhat of a step down. But could you maybe elaborate on this? The nature in general of the new leases you've done uh, in the office segment um, anything you can share about the term and the uh, profile
2: sure you know during covid terms shrunk the deals we were doing tend to be three five maybe seven and it feels like now we're back to the five and ten year type terms which is interesting um you know construction costs have gone up which affects the ti amount and the fact that there was vacancy you know, tenants are, are uh, requesting sort of lower rents. As I mentioned earlier, we're trying to bridge that gap with rent steps and leases going forward. But generally speaking, like the office leasing market that we're experiencing doesn't feel a whole lot different than it did pre-pandemic, other than you're still fighting with the mindset that everyone wants a deal. And, you know, people will say, I have a friend who just leased space down the street for X, and now you have to, to honor that. Um, And the good news is with the occupancy going up in our portfolio and generally in certain quadrants that we're in, again, it just allows us to uh, request a a higher base rent from our tenants. Now, the flip side of that to is we are uh, getting many requests for free rent up front. That sort of changed our straight line rent adjustments, and you'll see that sort of moving up and down as that works through. But again, I, I can't say enough, like empty space doesn't help anyone, so filling the space with you know right long-term tenants not having to spend a bunch of money is what will really help the bottom line for every going forward
7: right um and then i guess uh on the on the bad debt side of things you there was a bit of a recovery in q1 and a slight uptick in q2 was that just tied to the pace of reopening and and closures or anything else there?
2: yeah i think there's two things it, it, it was the pace of reopening and closures and again to, to Jenny's earlier comment, we're very conservative, and I think our estimates on some of the bad debt was, um, you know, conservative. Uh, we never gave up, and so I would much rather be here on this call explaining to investors that we collected more bad debt than we thought we would, than the other way. So, so that that's, that's, I hope that answers your question, Samaya. We were just, you know, I thought we were a bit over conservative on the bad debt estimates.
1: Okay, that's helpful. Thank you.
2: All right. Thank you for your question.
1: This concludes the question-and-answer session. I'd like to turn back the conference to Mr. Rayburn for any closing remarks.
2: Uh, thank you again, Michelle. And thanks to everyone for calling in today. Again, in closing, I want to express my gratitude to all of our teams who've helped us work through this strange last 16 to 19 months. And as I've been closing all of our calls the last eight quarters, um, gratitude to all those who are working so hard to keep our communities safe and livable. And a greeting that I say to everyone is stay safe, stay healthy, stay strong. And we'll uh, talk to you next quarter. Thanks, everybody.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.